Welcome to the Restoration Church Podcast. Stay tuned for today's sermon. Enjoy, and God bless. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let me make sure this on. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Praise the Lord, saints. How y'all doing this morning? All right. Turn me down just a little bit, Antonio. Amen. Um, this is a lovely, lovely day. Uh, New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm excited about the coming year also. Um, just uh, ecstatic about the, what the Lord did this past year personally in my own life. I'm so grateful for him maturing me, growing me up, setting me free from more things, uh, exposing darkness in my life, getting me to a place of uh, maturity in him where I can see clear and better to help another. Amen. And I'm just so ecstatic about those that are around me and my family, my lovely wife, and those that work and labor, Pastor Nate here, and Pastor, uh, yeah, Pastor Chris. <laughs> oh, and uh, amen, amen. And so we are, I'm excited, man, just, uh, just seeing what the Lord is doing here at Restoration. It's just, I'm looking forward to what's uh, bound to take place here this coming year. Uh, it's just exciting times for me and my life and, and also for you. Uh, we're excited about the program that's coming out. Um, and um, this message, it'll be geared to uh, creating more of a desire, more of a pumping you up in reference to getting your devotion disciplined, um, getting your devotion uh, crispy, um, and making Jesus your number one relationship. Um, and so the number one relationship in our lives, we normally... Uh, allocate time for that relationship. Amen. We, uh, and, and it's no compromise in it. It's no, uh, you know, thinking about if we're going to delay this. It's important to us, you know. And Jesus is important to me. And so I'm, I will impress uh, that importance on to you. Amen. Because it's something that God cares about. Um, but it's, it's twofold, you know, a relationship, the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen. And uh, so, um, it's something that God, he commands us in a sense, but he also wants you to want him, you know? Um, you know, I shouldn't have to coerce my wife into being with me. You know, that's something that should be natural. We should naturally want to spend time with each other, you know? Is also with God. All right. <clears throat> People Architects. Uh, today's message is entitled People Architects, which also means people builders. Uh, well, we're actually in the business, in the, we're in the people business. We're in the business of transforming people's lives um, and helping others come to a place of maturity in the Lord. But in order for us to do that, we have to become mature ourselves. We have to be sharp and crisp ourselves. Um, and so, return to your Bibles, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 20, 24 25. And I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests, 
and take up his cross and follow me. Say, follow me. Follow me. It means, Amplified broke it down to cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and, if need be, in dying also. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your holy written word. Lord God, I pray that your people's eyes and their understanding be enlightened. I pray that their ears be attentive. Lord God, I pray that it be brought forth in simplicity, Lord Jesus, where it can be grasped easily as a child would. Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, blessings over this sermon. This is your word. I yield to you. You teach your people. They are your people. You are our Lord, and we yield to you because you are master, and you are Lord over our lives. We honor you this morning, and we give you the praise for everything you're doing in our lives, for teaching us, leading, and guiding us, Lord God. We can't make it without you. I lay my dependency on you this morning. I can't do it without you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we... Um, you know, we are definitely living in the last days, saints, and, uh, and everyone know it. You know, of course, if you've uh, been in America, you've heard something about the last days. And, um, and here recently, the last 10 years or so, there's been prophets coming, about, coming out about, you know, before Jesus come back, there has to be a great revival in the land. How I many of y'all heard that? Amen. At least one billion souls have to, are coming into the kingdom, you know? That's a lot of people, man. <laughs> you know, a billion people come into the kingdom. Like, that's a lot of people. Like, and what? I, and, and my thoughts are, that is a true blessing. But I'm, I, but my thoughts are, who is gonna disciple all these people? That's good, man. That's good. Who is gonna disciple all these people? Like, cause, amen, amen, hurrah! We want souls to be saved. But not, it ain't nothing more tragic to see an individual get saved, come to the altar, pour their heart out. Never come back to the church. I see them two months later still doing the same old stuff, still smoking, still drinking, still lusting, still lying, still cheating. Ain't nothing more horrific than that. Amen. I hate that stuff, man. Amen? It almost, it almost, it almost seems like God ain't, he ain't big enough. Like he don't work in our personal lives. Like he's only for salvation. He's only for getting to heaven. You know? And so um, as I assess the church and I assess our church and I assess what we belong to, and are we equipped to handle and disciple these individuals that's coming into the kingdom? Do we have structure and systems in place to help people transform their lives through their relationship with the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Amen. And that is my concern. That is my heart. Um, it's just because when I first got saved, I told everybody about Jesus, amen? And so then I got on my family's nerves. I got on everybody's nerves that was around me. <laughs> then I had to go out and find somebody I didn't know, you know? So I had to go out into the streets and knock on doors and uh, tell everybody about Jesus. So, so then I started asking the Lord, teach me how to get them saved. Lord, show me how to get them to you. Show me how to win them. And then I started, you know, winning people to the Lord, you know, getting them to believe, getting them to access the cross. Because really, it's a no-brainer when you explain the truth and the reality of the cross to an individual. It just makes no sense to reject it. This is too good to be true, right? So it's easy, I believe, for me, it's easy to get people saved. 
What's the challenge is, and what I start being frustrated with, is individuals not wanting to follow Jesus with me. And so I start becoming and having a desire to start wanting to teach them how to get live for the Lord. You know, not just get them saved, but then want to teach them and equip them so that their salvation will be sustained in their life. I mean, they are experiencing their salvation within their behavior patterns and within their thinking and within uh, their acts and with their family members and, and also letting that transfer to everybody else they know. But so my desires start becoming, I, you know, maybe they need to be taught, you know. I need to teach them, Lord. Maybe they need to be taught. Because as I start obeying the Lord, I start getting free from some stuff, and I start experiencing more. I thought salvation was awesome, but then I start experiencing more as I start obeying the Lord in my personal walk with him. Or I start experiencing a whole lot more that many don't experience until they start also. All right? So that became my desire. And so uh, don't get me wrong, saints. I love souls being saved. Amen? And I love rejoicing, but I also love seeing them change and become different. Amen. And it's sad to say that many, pe- many churches are equipped to teach people stuff and to hold discipleship classes. I'm not talking about discipleship classes. I'm not talking about you, uh, a church. You know, they are very re- versed or rehearsed in what they believe and making sure you know what we believe. And that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, that's not discipleship. Or that's not being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, so we can train people how to usher. We can train people how to play the drums. We can train people how to do things in the church. But that's not necessarily discipleship of Jesus Christ. Many can equip you for that. They can equip you and get you prepared to operate in a church service or operate in a church context. All right? But that's still not discipling people into a relationship with him. Yeah. Amen? He, says, he said he's called us to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? And I'm not against none of that because we need that. Amen? Not, don't get me wrong, but, but let's not call that discipleship. Amen? Amen? Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, into Christ. It's just very different because now... Um, it just, it just don't take much of the Lord to do a lot of stuff that we can do in the church. We can just be skilled and learn how to read and do stuff in the church just from our own strength. Now, to do what they did this morning, the glory come, you can't do that in your own strength. Amen. You can't make God come by the arm of the flesh. Amen. <laughs> it takes a relationship with him. But my, my, my point is we need to be disciples. We need to be mentors. There needs to be something in place to help people further their relationship with the Lord. Amen. This is so good. (laughs) Jesus desires to be duplicated in this world. Amen. Jesus desires that you become like he is in this world. As he is, so are you in this world. Jesus desires every born-again believer to look and act like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesus wants you to talk like him. Jesus wants you to act like him. Jesus wants you to think like him. Look, if Jesus got a a limp, he wants you to have a limp. Amen? (laughs) Jesus wants, if he healed the sick, 
you ought to heal the sick. If he raised the dead, you ought to raise the dead. Amen. Jesus, he, he desired that you become and act just like him. Just like him. Amen. And this is disciples of Jesus Christ. Not just churchgoers. And not just believers. Amen. Believers and Christians is two, two different things. You can go to the club as a believer. You can sit around, smoke, and drink all, all day as a believer in Jesus Christ. But the Lord don't want us to be believers. He wants us to be Christians. He wants, he wants us to follow him. He wants to act like him. Because people get up on BT Awards and, and they say, I want to thank God. And they shaking butt naked booty everything in the video. They're like, God? You mean my God? <laughs> Seriously, are you really referring to the one that I serve? And they believe in God. If you tell them they didn't believe in God, they'll shoot you. What you mean I don't believe? You know? And they'll shoot you. And I'm not fighting people's belief. I'm not going to come against what they believe. Jesus says to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my words, you will be my disciple indeed. He want to take you from a belief to a disciple. He said, then you will know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. The only truth that sets you free is the truth you know. Amen? And we'll get into that in a little bit. Amen? So, many times we are told to have a devotional life with the Lord, but never really discipled into that process. It's time out for us as leaders in the church to not just be teachers and instructors, but to become mentors and show people how. Amen? It's a great cry in the earth for mentorship. And I hear it. This is the one main purpose of our mentorship program, is to show another how to master devotion with the Lord. Once you know how to do something, you can accurately teach, something, teach it to someone else, especially when you master devotion uh, with the Lord. There's nothing you can't face and not overcome if you can master your devotion with the Lord. Let me say that again. And I hope y'all got some paper and pencil. If y'all need some paper and pens uh, to write this stuff down, I'm going to be saying write down some stuff, okay? So, ushers, if y'all can, uh, if we got some extra note-taking paper right there. and pass. Anybody need paper or pen? Paper, pen. We got about five or six. All right, pen. And I'm sorry about that, guys. I supposed to say this at the beginning. Um, but this is so important. Paper, pen. Write this down. It's so important that we determine to uh, have a strong personal devotional life or relationship with him because your devotional life develops your relationship with the Lord. Um, and as you start growing in your relationship with the Lord, you'll develop a confidence and there's nothing that you can't face because now you have someone that knows everything 
you actually know someone that knows everything. He has the answer to every problem. He has the answer to every circumstance. And if you can get to know that person, all right, would you? Would you? If I had the answer to every one of your problems, wouldn't you want to get to know me? You want to get the close to me, right? If I can give you the answer to come out of every problem you have, wouldn't you want to get close to me? Why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> Amen. And so we have that available in Christ Jesus, all right? Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus replied. This is so good, saints. Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. If you, don't, if you got a problem, this is it. Right here. This is everyone's problem. Amen? They don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. If I got a problem, I don't know Jesus. Amen? It's my problem, your problem, your in-law's problem, your neighbor's problem. It's everybody's problem. When a mentor appears in your life, it is an invitation to go to the next level. Let me say that again. Write this down. When a mentor appears in your life, it is an invitation to go to the next level. If you are to become great at something, what makes that a sure thing is your relationship and your submission and compliance to a mentor. We can't remain self-taught. I must emphasize this. We can't remain self-taught. We have to become mentored. If we're going to grow and become excellent at anything, we have to become mentored. As a disciple of Jesus Christ and the pastor of this church, you will be inspired after hearing this message. And that inspiration will produce a desire within you. But you can't live off desire. Your desires must mature. Your desires must mature. Desire is not enough to become great. Desire is not enough to become great. Desire must become a discipline. In order to become great, inspirational messages is just starter fluid that produces a desire in a thing. Desire is the birthplace of purpose. Once your purpose is captured, this clears up what you're supposed to be doing. Your purpose determines what dip disciplines you're supposed to be doing. So if you're called to be a doctor, there's no question what you have to do, right? You got to go to school, right? There's no question what path you have to take. Ain't no debating on what disciplines you must implement if you are to become a doctor, if that's your call. Once your purpose, your, once your purpose is found out, the results and the choices you have to make become much easier. Your decisions become much clearer on what you have to do. Write this down. What disciplines are you known for? <clears throat> oh, that's so good, man. 
What disciplines are you known for? We as human beings, we pay to see another person's discipline. We see sports. Amen. We sitting and they on TV. Why, is, why are they on TV? Ask yourself that question. Why are all those signs and companies wanting to see, wanting, wanting to put their image on that individual? People are willing to pay and we exalt other people's discipline. When Steph Curry, he was on there last night, I seen the, seen the highlight. He scored 38 points in like 26 minutes. All right? And why do we even know Steph Curry? Think about it. Man, that boy can shoot that ball, can't he? Oh, my God. Amen. Well, we, all we have to do is mention some Alabama player. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what, what is my point? <laughs> what disciplines are you known for? I know what Steph Curry's discipline is, and he's making millions of dollars because of that discipline. And what I'm saying is he just, he just became excellent at what has God called him to do. And it ain't about knowing everything. All you need to do is be, most people, when we know them, all right, think about this, Tom Hanks. Why do we know Tom Hanks? He's an actor. It ain't because he's an engineer. It ain't because he's a baseball player. All right, why do we know Tom Cruise? He's an actor. If you ever heard of 50 Cent, why do we know 50 Cent? Because he can rap. He got a little talent, amen? Right? But he's perfected something. He's worked at a craft. And what am I mentioning? What am I bringing this out? It ain't because they know 50 different things. It's one thing. It's one thing that they found out what was their purpose, what was their niche, and they became great at it, and people are willing to exalt that and spend money on that. Right? Companies are willing to endorse and put their brand on individuals. Why? Because of their discipline. It ain't even about them and their personality, necessarily, unless you're a comedian or something. All right. Oh, this is so good. Write this down. Um, it says, when you know where you are going, then it is also known that the road you don't have to take to get there. What does that mean? That means if you know you're a doctor, you know you ain't got to go to school to be a businessman. If you know that God's called you to play basketball, God's called you to be a preacher, you know you don't have to worry about going and trying to study physics. You know what roads that's not going to take you there. That's why it's so important that you find out your purpose. So, you, so you'll start wasting time. Many people go around and just wasting a lot of time doing nothing. It'll be obvious because when I feel, if I'm sitting in a room full of people and we're not doing nothing, and they sit in there smoking, doing drugs. No way I'm going to stay there. Why? I'm wasting a bunch of time. Amen. I got a call on my life. I got a vision that I'm heading to. And I know that this choice that I'm currently making ain't going to get me there. So it's obvious what I shouldn't be doing once your purpose is attained. It makes things clear on the choices you have to take. Right? 
is when we don't know what we should be doing, and now we undecided on what we should do, and now we pull, we got this choice, I don't know, maybe this and this, and what does the Bible say about that type of behavior? A double-minded man is unstable, not just in that way, but in all his ways. And so, what's important? You find out what God has called you to do. And so, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's obvious because Jesus has given us a purpose, especially in Christianity, on what we should be doing. Amen? If you don't know your ultimate call, you know this for sure. He's called you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So it's obvious of the choices now you have to make to become great at it. We should become, perfection. we should become perfectionists at our relationship with the Lord. That's one area of your life that must be crisp, sound, on point. You shouldn't be wondering about that. Why? Because it is written what you should be. You should be great. A great disciple of Jesus Christ, right? We should be experts at it. Why? Because he's given us our vision of what we at least should be in our personal life, even though you might not know where you're going. Ultimately, in your destiny, but it's known right now you're called to be a disciple. And are you great at that? Amen? So Matthew chapter 10, verse 33 through 35. This is, I, you know, I put it a point right here. It says, follow me, and I just couldn't get off of it. So I think it's the whole sermon, one point. It says, follow me. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 33 through 35. He says, but... Everyone who denies me on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. I came to not bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It's, it's, um, and what's so powerful about these verses is it's just wonderful. But it's sad that Crips and Bloods got more of a mentorship program than the church. It's sad that uh, it's sad that homo, the Muslim Brotherhood got more of a discipleship program than the church. It's sad that homosexual community got more of a discipleship program than the church. It's sad that the military has more of a discipleship program than the Church of Jesus Christ. Amen. And what they all have in common is this one requirement that most people have to take just to, just to start in their relationship with them. And this is very common, and it's also common in Christ. They will always require you to depart. All of these groups in their discipleship process has a means of taking you out of your current environment and put you in their own environment that is common for you to grow and become who they want you to be. It is true, your environment affects your decision-making. Either you are influencing others or any people are influencing you. Amen. Jesus will always call you to depart. Go ask Abraham when God called Abram, which was Abram at the time, he called him to come out of his father's house and come over into a land that don't nobody know you. Amen? So he can now impart and instill to him the things that he wants Abraham to have. 
He called the disciples. He, he said, come, follow me. Amen. The Bible says the disciples dropped their nets right then and followed Jesus. And what one portion of scripture says that their father was in the boat with them. And they left. He calls for departure. He calls for a separation to occur so he can put you in an environment that promotes change. For many of us, this is true for a physical place, but it's more, it is more true for many inward parts of the mind and the soul. This is good. Thank you, Jesus. Write this down. We have to leave to learn. <clears throat> Leaving is not a bad thing. All right? You writing that down? When we were in school, we had to leave the third grade. To gain the new information that's in the fourth. Amen? Amen. Many of us have an unfruitful, unconscious habit. Many, sorry. Many of us have unconscious, unfruitful habits habits that's very unproductive in our, as a Christian. We will need to divorce and to depart from these inward beliefs and ideas that has nothing to do with what you are becoming. The departure must run deep as it needed to root out underlining subconscious habits. This is so important. And one of the things that as you go through this pro mentorship program, we're, we're, we're basically coming face to face with Jesus. There's no running. There's no hiding. We'll be going through chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. One chapter a day is all we require that you read. We get on a phone call and talk about what we'll apply the SOAP method. That's scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And one chapter a day. And then we talk about what stood out to you. Then we find a way to apply it to our lives. And we pray about that application. Amen. And it's very just that simple. But it's the consistency is what we want to produce in you. It's what I need, everybody needs. It's the discipline. And one of the things that will happen, that Jesus will require you to do, is to depart from things that's not unproductive as a disciple of Jesus Christ. He will confront ideas, philosophies, and things that's not, uh, that he don't need in the kingdom. That's what's so wonderful about this mentorship program because he directly affects your thinking, your motives, your attitude, Jesus do. And another area of departure that must happen in all believers is we must divorce our past. One thing that would disqualify you for the future is holding unhealthy sentiments to your past. Until your past is your past, you are not qualified for the future. Write that down. Until your past is your past, you are not qualified for the future. We have to be willing to do something different. If we are going to experience God in our future, 
The past is dead, so let it rest in peace. Jesus will always cause you to depart and separate from who you were to make you into something new. Thank you, sweetie. So let's go back up to... um, You still got Matthew up, Matthew 10, verse 33. It says, but everyone who denies me on earth, I will also deny my father in heaven. Now, this is so, this is, let me kind of explain this verse a little bit more in detail. Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace on earth so we can stop praying that peace on earth, you know, because it's just not going to happen. As long as there's two kingdoms in this world, you got devil's kingdom and you got God's kingdom. It's always going to be some type of conflict. Amen. Because Jesus would be saying go left and the devil saying go right. He said go everywhere but that way. Right? So that's conflict. And so Jesus says, I've come to bring a sword. What does that mean? Separate all separation isn't bad. All separation isn't bad. But what does it look like Jesus bringing division between mom and daughter? What does that mean? If Jesus say go right and your mama wants you to go left, the sword of separation coming if you're devoted to Jesus. Amen? Your mama wants you to go in some store and steal something. No, mama. I'm not doing that. That's separation. <laughs> you, I thought you loved me. You know, they're going to put, that family members going to put that in there. We blood. Amen? We blood. That don't mean nothing in the kingdom. That's right. Family members are going to try to pull on you, man, your soulless areas. And we have to say, you know, I love my brother, I love my sister, my brother, my mama, everybody. I love them. But if Jesus tells me to go right and everybody in the whole world want me to go left, the sword of separation is about to come because I'm more devoted to Jesus. Ain't none of them died for my sins. Ain't none of them took my sins away. Ain't none of them going to make or break me in the spirit. They can't stop me from getting blessed. They can't make me to get blessed more. Amen. Amen. Especially when they out there serving the devil. I'm not getting caught up in they reap of harvest of devilish activity. The enemy wants you to get involved in folks' lives, and you get caught up in the wave of what they're going through, and now it becomes your problem. And how in the world, they problem done became my problem. <laughs> Amen? Unless Jesus done told you and got you on assignment or something. I understand that. You understand? Because if he have you on assignment, then that's different. I'm not even doing it for them no more. I'm doing it because my master, the one who saved me and took my sins away, Ask me to go bless them. And then I can get some joy. Because I'm not having no joy going to bless people who ain't even serving God like they should, and they living in the flesh. Amen? And I love them. And that's what's so heartbreaking about it, is you don't have to reap this flesh activity. You can start making different choices with your life. I was hoping that I could be an example to you. Amen? I got tired of busting my head. You know one one reason why I serve the Lord? I got tired of busting my head from my own choices. Sitting over all busted up and bruised up, messed out here playing with the devil. When the Lord said, come on and be a king. Come on and rule over all that stuff that's ruling you. Come, I invite you to. 
Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Spend a little more time on that than I thought. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, um, praise God. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20, Amplified Bible. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me as my disciples, this Amplified. Yeah, that's it. As my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher, walk in the same path of life that I walk, praise God. And I will make you a fisher of men. Immediately they left their nets, depart. That's that departure Jesus requires. And followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him, and following his example. How can you follow someone you can't see? Now, I know the disciples seen Jesus here. But as believers, how can we follow Jesus if we can't see him? Have you ever thought about that? All right. When you hear my name, what do you, what comes to your mind? Pastor? Huh? The title comes to you? Comes to, uh, but what comes to your mind when you hear my name? Jasper. Not just pastor. Huh? Soul winner. Okay. What comes to your mind is my character. If you got... If you you living in, you know, Junebug, you living in the hood, Junebug stole from his grandmama every time I see or hear Junebug's name. Right? Thief! Come, you know? Right? So if you hear a person's name, what comes to your mind when you hear Jesus? Jesus Christ. His character. All right? So when you hear my name, the experiences you have with me comes up, right? What I say and what I do comes up. All right? So how can we follow Jesus when we can't see him? All right? It's through what he say. His word. What he do. That's his character. Amen? That's his character. That's how you can follow Jesus. Now, you can follow me as I follow Jesus, but how do you know if I'm following Jesus? You have to be following him yourself. Then you can better judge if I'm following him because you're a disciple of him yourself. Amen. Disciples must be made. We see here what Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you. Let's stop right there. We know in the context he's talking about a soul winner or fishers of men. But this is also in the context of even becoming a disciple. You must be made. I used to work in a manufacturing process build, uh, co uh, company uh, named, there was a couple of names, but the last one was CTDI. All right, and this was back in 2009. I used to work for a manufacturing company. So Jesus must make you into a disciple. Now, a manufacturing company makes stuff. And if y'all know any type of company that makes anything that says manufactured, they make things. And one of the things that one of the one of the parts of the company that I worked in at this one company, they had an assembly line, assembly line. And then we know if y'all ever seen an assembly line, assembly line, all most of them has are is equipped with some type of belt or a conveyor belt that moves. So they put the product, they start the product on the line one way, 
And as it moves along the conveyor belt, you have many hands that are participating in building this product. You have people standing on the assembly line, and their job is to do one thing to help bring that product into a completed item by the end of the assembly line. So that's the point of it, is to start one way and end another way. Normally, when you start to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, of course, we come booze, we come, we come as we are, right? We start one way, and normally how you start is not how the end going to be. But what's the point? The point is, on the assembly line, there are many hands that participate in your completion. What does that look like? It looks like a mentorship process. There's people that need to be imparted to our life to add to us. And this is the temptation, is to get off too soon before you are complete. And this, this mentorship program is one thing that's, that is probably one thing that's going to be added to you, or two things, or three things, who knows? But the fact is, we are not supposed to develop by ourselves. Amen? God will make us, and he will use his people to do it. So we need each other. Don't be content, have made. Stay on the belt. Stay on your process. Stay in your making, your forming process. Amen? And that concludes today's podcast sermon. Thanks again for joining us at the Restoration Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to our website, r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.